0: Eric Feinberg worked in the advertising industry for almost 30 years, sponsoring major sporting and entertainment events. While working for the NFL, he started noticing ads were appearing by his Facebook posts, pushing counterfeit NFL apparel coming from China. It was so prevalent that Eric began a crusade to identify counterfeits and ads on social media platforms. Then after noticing numerous examples of hate speech, terrorist videos, and online gun sales, he developed a patented machine learning tool that relies on artificial intelligence to search and sift through thousands of social media posts. Eric has reported on the illicit activities he has found, including videos of my daughter Allison's murder on Facebook and YouTube. But the platforms rarely take action until these posts are shared with the media or members of Congress. Eric is a principal in the Washington-based nonprofit, the Coalition for a Safer Web, working with former Ambassador Mark Ginsburg, and has provided expert analysis for media outlets around the world. He recently co-authored a report entitled, The Domestic Extremist Next Door, How Digital Platforms Enable the War Against American Government. Eric, you and Ambassador Mark Ginsberg started the Coalition for a Safer Web. And as I mentioned in my intro, you started noticing counterfeit goods appearing in your Facebook posts. This is a while back. And then you went down the rabbit hole and you've unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, you've been there ever since. So was it easy to discover what first started out as identifying bogus merchandise to then stumble upon what we now see as havens? for domestic terrorists. And by the the way, welcome to the program. Thanks for being here.
1: Andy, thanks for having me. I know you and I have, you know, been together now over two years and, you know, the work both of us are doing, you know, basically, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, what happened to Allison, but really what our mission is, is to, you know, enlighten people and educate people to keep America and the world a safer place.
0: How long did it take you to go from, okay, these are, this is counterfeit goods to, oh, wait a minute, you know, there are domestic terrorists on here. And how did you make that segue?
1: It evolves. It evolves as, as more and more nefarious actors use these platforms and these, you know, social media sites, we evolve with it. And there's little, there's a little bit of uh, cues and uh, trails that these nefarious actors use for, uh, for me and you know, the Coalition of Safer Web to track them back. And of course, I do have a patented technology that allows, in large scale, based on particular patterns or communications or looking in deeper to where these guys go, which acts as a force multiplier for us to pick this up um, in a wider scale and faster than most people.
0: When did you first start seeing all this stuff?
1: Well, it started back in 2011, 2012, when I was actually working. Uh, I was a vendor uh, for the NFL, their special events department. You know, helping them promote, you know, the special events, uh, the Super Bowl, international events, and of course, my main target was the use of social media. They thought it was a great way to promote the Pro Bowl, which is you know not the Super Bowl. <laughs> and what right. happened was, as myself and others who were on my team working on behalf as a paid contract to the NFL. I was starting, I was posting promoting the NFL special events, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl, et cetera. And right next to my post, I started seeing sponsored ads for Chinese counterfeit NFL jerseys and merchandise, which led me to believe, and this is going back to 2011, 2012, that for order, the way the algorithms and the ads are put in front of me, that means my information or you know, personality being an NFL fan was being shared with China and them knowing that I was an NFL fan, which is to me, an invasion of my privacy.
0: And you mentioned earlier that, you know, you've got, uh, I call it the secret sauce. You've got the recipe to fight this stuff and you've offered it to Google and Facebook. Why don't they use it?
1: Uh, I think it's ego. And I think for order for us to, you know, really be effective, you, you have to block it. You have to get inside what's known as their API, their, app, you know, application programming index, which is really getting in, inside their fortresses or, you know, houses, I call it. And they, and they don't want anybody getting, getting inside these systems because that's their business model. You and I have both seen this. The whole business model is based on algorithm or, or you know, the surveillance uh, economy, as they call it. That, you know, for example, ads are put in front of you based on, you know, what you, what you like or search online. So why would they want to have a system like ours, which basically acts as a block and filter, then it minimizes the amount and the reduction of this algorithmic amplification?
0: You have helped me tremendously in my fight to get the videos of Allison's murder removed from YouTube and Facebook. But, you know, as you and I have both experienced, it's, it's an ongoing battle. Google and Facebook, they don't respond unless they're singled out by the media or by members of Congress, and that's thanks to Section Two Hundred
1: yeah, and Thirty. Yeah, and and if you and I have seen, uh, even you, you talk about you know their own methodologies or systems. You know, I've i must have reported three to four hundred times. You know, different videos of Allison on YouTube, and their own systems don't acknowledge that I've made the reports, but don't take them down. The mm-hmm. only action we've really ever had where the videos have taken down. Is that we had to go to a third party, whether it's been Senate, you know, Senator Rono or the papers to get these videos taken down.
0: And this one video had been flagged by you at least 20 or 30 times, and it was still up. They ignore it. Uh, And and my contention is, uh, you know, they all say, no, 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 we don't profit from this. And that's just bullshit. They do.
1: Yeah, they do. Here's where the profiting is, and what we talked about even is in the sense that, um, they are in some regards profiting not so much they were for initially when when I first discovered these back in two thousand and fifteen before you and I met, which was shared in the sixty minutes uh, segment you did where there was an ESON ad and other ads were close to seven hundred thousand views ad. but where they are profiting in some regard is the news stories you know that, that is still there and where they put mm-hmm. ads in front of which is under the term of fair use
0: right tell me about. Algorithmic amplification. Most people, you know, they're going, but how YouTube employs it and it contradicts their own terms of service that say they don't allow violent content on the platform and yet they promote it, right?
1: Yeah, it's a violation. I think it's a violation of people's privacy and how all this works. It's based on your likes, searches, things you engage with. And so when you come on YouTube, and you, you have that home screen, what's served up in front of you or vi- uh, of videos that they know you would have an interest to as before you having to search it. Vis-a-vis, you know, because of the work I've been doing with you in Georgetown on behalf of, you know, trying to rid Allison's videos off of YouTube, I'll log on to YouTube and I might not necessarily get the raw video. Of, I will get an NBC or MSNBC or CNN report of, you know, what happened. Okay, right. so there you go. That's what it is. So basically, YouTube knows that I have an interest in you know analysis, which is invading my, really my privacy because and other people's privacy. That's how they make money. It's the same thing with the ads. So yeah. so literally, you know, based on the ads you see, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or any of these platforms, it's all based on what you search online or what you engage with. That's what will serve the ads up to.
0: Yeah. After January sixth, we're now in a climate where conspiracy theories and QAnon is still flourishing, uh, and th- this whole business really started, I think, with the with Ruby Ridge, and then from the, from there with Waco, and then the Oklahoma City bombing. And it was underground back then; it was very real. The conspiracy theories were real, but thanks to social media, now it's everything's in full view. And and Google and Facebook pay only lip service to combat it. Uh, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, of course I would, because. Prior to January 6th, and it was well reported in the Washington Post and other media outlets, you know, we, we saw the uptick from, the, you know, the claim that the election was stolen, stop to steal, and other hashtags do not certify. We saw the uptick from, you know, the second week of November to January 6th, it was reported. And then, of course, which resulted in the in, insurrection, which the Trump campaign and and followers of Trump use these hashtags of stop to steal, do not certify, January 6th wild protest to amplify the message and bring people together. That mm-hmm. whole January 6th event was organized through social media, through Facebook, through Instagram, through Twitter, through YouTube with the hashtags. It had a website, wild protests with hashtags do not certify, stop the steal, wild protest, January 6th. So here we see. The ability through algorithmic amplification and hashtags to bring thousands and thousands of people together, including maps, spotting where to be at the Capitol at twelve noon at the time of the Electoral
0: College. They're using cross-pollination of these of these platforms. I mean, they're I guess they're being very sophisticated about it. And you know, I said a few years ago the only difference between islamic terrorists and these extremist right wing groups the only difference between the ones that we have domestically and islamic terrorists is that they haven't killed anybody yet but as of january 6th that's not true because they have killed people basically
1: yeah they they've killed before but not uh, you know singular or you have these lone wolves you know the why the, the example the yeah. thing that happened in a Walmart a few, you know the Walmart but but the thing is and it's a good point that you mentioned about you know the use of ISIS with this you know I I got my teeth wet with my ability and it's well documented on being able to track ISIS communications across the platforms now uh, I don't speak Arabic but there are Arabic uh, translation tools that I was able to. Use do with my coding techniques
0: yeah thanks to google google will translate for you yeah google (laughs) they're good for something right yeah it's it's
1: well it's well documented so so this makes it a little bit easier for me to track because most of it's in english but but i'm really following you know the same script which is basically the use of hashtags and algorithmic amplification that connects this the algorithms and the hashtags play a large role in this because if you start engaging and liking with, a you, you know, you say this this kind of crazy conspiracy stuff, you know, based on these white supremacy groups or QAnon, after a while, if you start liking, following, engaging, you don't have to do anything but just sit back and it will come through your it, news It'll feed. come to you. It'll come to you.
0: The term patriot, it's a new buzzword. Uh, it has a new connotation.
1: It's been corrupted and perverted in, in that regard, and it's become a use of, Mark, uh, our president, Mark Ginsburg, came up with terminology called camouflaging. So, so what happens is, yeah. and this and is this, what they do, and this is where even the systems fail, is that there are known QAnon hashtags like WW, WWG1, where we go one, we go all, mm-hmm. save the children, the great awakening, which Facebook has made and the social media platform made a good effort to block or you can't post or you can't do a search. So what they do is, the QAnon people, they continue to use those hashtags, but they'll use the term patriots and different variations of patriots with it to show that it is a QAnon post. So the initial one we had, which is library reported in the report you mentioned, the domestic extremists next door, our 56-page yeah. report, we did Digital Citizens Alliance. So that was the big one. Now, let's take it to the past weekend with Michael Flynn and the, the crazy QAnon convention and Q, the Miramar type Q, they had a new one, which was associated with the event in Dallas, the QAnon event, which is called Patriot Roundup.
0: <laughs>
1: so so yeah. here you go. It's a constant evolution of this terminology with the term Patriot. And of course it's a, across all the platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and of course, the one where the coalition is very much involved in, including our lawsuits against Apple and Google, Telegram.
0: They have hijacked that term, what used to be a term for patriot. I mean, now it, it takes on a completely untoward meaning. Uh, you know, the NRA has been pushing the narrative that any gun control measure leads to total confiscation. I see it all the time. I've been hearing it for years. These gun cults, the gun worshipers, they're brainwashed. They look at background checks, any of this stuff, it is tantamount to taking, they're going to take all my guns away. And it's just, it's crazy. And I'm so tired of hearing that shit. And the thing is social media, they're just not really doing anything to debunk that myth. Not not
1: only debunk it, it's in the report and it might be, uh, you know, some future reports we're going to be doing on this with the digital Sins Alliance and other media outlets, is actually within this report, you'll see some of these groups, these militia groups, were glorifying the use of it, basically, of how-to guides. Yeah. So literally, if you went on Instagram, you go on Facebook, you go on YouTube, you're actually seeing these white militia groups, these boogaloo boy groups, These they're actually showing you training days or how the use of you know, guns, you mm-hmm. know, to how-to, how you can do it too. Let, let us show you, you know, what we're doing here on our you know, it's not paint, it's not paintball. It's actually the use of the weaponry in these videos.
0: Yeah. and You know, I have a hard enough time with the big three, you know, Google, Facebook, Twitter, not so much Twitter. You know, they seem to be a little bit more responsible than, than Google and Facebook. But tell me about TikTok and Telegram and how they spread disinformation. But, but evidently, that's been subverted, too.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's what it's done when you mentioned with TikTok. It's sort of which is unfortunate Creates a satire for serious issues. Mm-hmm. Basically, last year we reported on this. You had like uh, this magical dream template that kids could dream, and and literally, it actually had the uniforms to go back and see what it was like to be in the Holocaust. Yeah. So, so w- 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 you know, which is offensive. It, it takes the terms like we said, patriots. And and create all these satire or subliminal messages around music and art, which is, you know, kind of like you said, bringing this white supremacy message and kind of toning it down a little bit where it's fun or satire or cool. And that's there's nothing cool about when, especially when you talk about a dream sequence of what it would be like to live in the Holocaust.
0: At least Google, Facebook, Twitter, you can say that they're that they're making an effort, however lame it is. TikTok and Telegram have no limitations, no boundaries well, at all, do they?
1: Well, number one, where it's hard to do, and even some like myself, because they operate more as apps. So it's okay. not when you've got the web, the ability to write a web code to search it or do anything. So it's got to be a more manual understanding how to go after it. It's an app that lives off, of course, you know, your cell phone. And right. So it's a little bit more difficult to search it. But where it... So where it gets dangerous, and especially in the standpoint of, and of course the encryption, which really makes it difficult, especially when you get to Telegram, it's encrypted. So I can't, I can't write some kind of code where you're doing a search which shows up on the web and, you know, a lot of this stuff is open source.
0: So they're basically just walled off.
1: And- they're walled off. So, so I've kind of developed like a hybrid based on like my ability to write what I call search code with keywords that allows me to, you know, you know crawl and dive the web mm-hmm. but i have to do it manually through the search box to pick it up based on keywords so you know for example a few weeks ago someone gave me a project about this anti-jewish group in south florida who was ha- causing a lot of havoc he used a term you know the jewish yiddish term for gentile which is goyim i just searched goyim and then i picked up you know all the messaging around this group but i had to do it manually but so what I do is I go through the search and I start, you know, connecting the dots. So it makes it, you know, a little bit more cumbersome than just doing a web code. But a web code. It's,
0: it's almost like these groups are they're like roaches You can eliminate that their access to some degree on social media. But they keep finding a way back in
1: and the companies don't do nothing about it within the within the group up. Uh, report we did we identified a boogaloo group that was under boogaloo i won't give the name but it was boogaloo group generation two of the account right yeah we shared it with the washington post post went to facebook instagram it got taken down the second generation within a week the third generation popped up again yeah. it's still there and they actually wrote on their page that we don't know how long this generation is going to be up and it's still up <laughs> because it was taken down so you're playing again whack-a-mole you know, coming back to what you and I have talking about, it's a little bit shame on us and a little bit shame on our politicians, especially what we've been, you know, promoting which is sect- and all this is because of Section 230.
0: A lot of the politicians on the Republican side, they don't care about our issue. Their interpretation is the, the platforms are biased against conservative points of view. And that's just complete bullshit. And it's been debunked over and over again, they're looking at it from, okay, well, let's, let's reform Section 230, but this is the only thing, thing we want to deal with when the hate speech, the targeted harassment and murder, you take those on and you start out, you make it small, and that, that solves a lot of problems. You make these platforms accountable. Do you think that Google, Facebook, Instagram, do you think they're overwhelmed or they just don't care?
1: I think it's a little bit of both, and I think it comes at a bottom line. They don't want to yep. spend the money, they don't, you know, which again, if employing, and I am not don't want this to sound like a sales pitch, but if you employ technologies like mine or other technologies like this, it, it would require less human engagement because you would be dealing with a programmatic approach to identifying this where I wouldn't call for exact removal, but you could sandbox these or put in a queue for review based on key terms, characteristics of these posts, Before they get posted.
0: You know, you've got the technology. It's out there and they just they just won't use it
1: because it requires me getting inside their house. So what I'm doing right now is, Andy, I'm operating through my house, going through the internal city plumbing lines into their plumbing to pull the the drudge out, which is uh, my ability to identify it. Imagine if I was inside their own pipes, how much more effective I could be.
0: Well, you could eliminate a lot of it the groups like that you mentioned in the report which now americans all that you know they know the names of these people the boogaloo boys the 3%ers the oath keepers the proud boys these reprobates these horrific despicable characters how are they evading the efforts of Google and Facebook, and I think we talked about it earlier. You know, they're just sort of like it's the whack a mole. It's the it's, it's like roaches, but they're evading the lame efforts, such as they are, of Google and Facebook to block them. If you had to pick the most dangerous, which one would it be?
1: Well, you didn't. QAnon's the most dangerous, which you didn't have, which is an ideology. My right. be a it's definitely an ideology, and that's the most dangerous because it's an ideology. Uh, it's based on what you said, the patriot. You know, this whole perversion of patriot save the children is. Mm-hmm. Theories. The other groups, what you mentioned, are not so much based on conspiracy. They're more based on, um, I would say, a perverted use of, you know, what we were going back to pre-emancipation, Civil War. The white supremacy groups, based on, you know, what we were wanting to bring our country back pre-Civil it, War. It's I- ideology. Ideology. Yeah. But, but ideology based on perverted view of the past. QAnon <laughs> is based on an ideology of just pure perversion and conspiracy theory, nothing based on fact.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, the, I- and the frightening thing is that you have 30% of this country that believes that shit. That is what's so astounding to me. I, you know, we all knew that these people are crazy, and, but you never could put your finger on, okay, how many of them are there? And now we know there are millions and, and they are called Republicans. So, bottom line, you wrote that social media platforms provide domestic extremists with the ability to organize and trade intelligence. Do you think we will have a reckoning on Section 230? Because that seems to be the only way we're going to get anything done. I I
1: think you and I and other people like us in this field, uh, yes. And I think we need to, and hopefully we you know, I had a conversation today with somebody I'm working with in the ad community with hopefully we maybe we can get some momentum going with the advertisers. Because again, a lot of this has been funded directly or indirectly with ad revenue. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we need to do and continue like you are doing, we need a better job of educating the consumers. It needs to be like anything or the public at large to understand what's going on here. And just like, you know, your fight with Allison, which we like to call You know, Section 230 is kind of innocuous to people when you take it down to what we talk about is Allison's Law, that everybody can relate to. You know what you're going through. You know Mm -hmm. personally, that could happen to you, and there are other people like you who are going through the same situation. And I think what we need to do, technically, the representatives work for us, the people, and I think we need to do a better job in messaging to people as a whole because these social media platforms and digital platforms are unregulated or there are loopholes to where they're not responsible, this kind of crazy stuff is allowed to perpetuate and blossom. President Biden said it this week, democracy is under assault. And a large contributor to that is what we're seeing on the use of these nefarious groups on social media. And that's what the report did.
0: Yeah. And on that note, it's a good segue to we're recording this on June 4th, 2021. Right now, the story that's circulating out there is that basically Trump is delusional, as always. And he's claiming that he's going to be reinstated in August. He's convinced that he is going to be reinstated. And he's buying into this as this whole thing is, is has been fed to him by QAnon and, uh, of course, the Pillow guy. So what does that portend in August? Tell me Where do you think this is going?
1: If Trump gets indicted in New York or Georgia, and I think there's a good chance New York, when it comes to the extradition from Florida, well, there's protocols and procedures where DeSantis, who was a Trump loyalist, would have to go through that, you know, there's a possibility that Trump could, you know, basically hide out in Mar-a-Lago. And just like he did with, you know, the insurrection, stand by, stand down, but stand by, You could start having a fortress with you know three percenters, Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, QAnon supporters, and before you know it, you've got a standoff like Ruby Ridge and Waco. As a matter of fact, when New York last week said they were doing a grand jury, I actually found a couple of Proud Boys accounts on Telegram who said that exact thing.
0: So basically, what we're looking at is a possible repeat of the insurrection at the Capitol.
1: Insurrection 2.0. This is where we get to the danger of this. You know, we saw it the other day in Texas. There was a, a 21-year-old man arrested because he wanted to do something at a Walmart, neo-Nazi stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So so there's two things going on here. You have the groups at large who organize the conspiracy, people who organize like what you see on the January 6th event. But you also have this lone these lone wolf types who could be radicalized and see something and just on their own want to act out and do something. And yeah. that's the danger. And of course, when you see all this stuff on social media, especially when it comes to this QAnon conspiracy stuff, it's extremely dangerous.
0: It's sort of uh, unfortunately a confluence of radicalized thought and conspiracy that is propagating through the internet, as well as easy access to guns. It's a it's a toxic mix. And well, also,
1: the message I've been making, sponsored by corporate America, because again. If you really want to solve this problem and get these companies short of 230 and you know we've proposed this I mean we, you know we have this is having corporate America and brands put more pressure on these sites to, to clean it up and be more transparent and yet they do nothing. so so this is why too. Corporate America can do all they want, but they're also by funding these companies and shareholders, all right Wall Street. When it comes and I've heard these things, we're more interested in the perception of shareholders and shareholder profits than we are on a democracy. And that's why I say all that What we're doing is people. Shame on corporate America, too.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope that this delusion of well, I'm going to be reinstated, you know, obviously it isn't going to happen, but I hope that it doesn't encourage the insurrection 2.0. Oh.
1: Well, well, here's the thing, too. Today, as we talk about it, I think we said it. Faith, Trump was blocked by Facebook until 2023. Well, that's great. You know what? He's off the platform, but he's done enough damage or he's swelled. His message now is out to all the Trump supporters. You know, let's be honest. Adolf Hitler's dead. Osama bin Laden's dead. Al-Baghdadi's dead. But Nazism, Al-Qaeda, and ISIS still ideology still lives on. Yeah. So, so no matter what Trump is, and you can find it in a lot of Trump fan pages, all of the social media, he doesn't need to be there because, it's, you know, his followers are there throwing all this. Stuff.
0: Yeah. His cult status has been submitted. Yeah. Well, Eric, I hope that we have a solution. I hope that we can change this. I think we will. And I appreciate all of your efforts on my behalf and your efforts on everyone's behalf to to shine a light on this. So thank you well, for, I
1: wanna, thank you I for I wanna, this. I want to add something. Me and you, Andy, a few years ago were complete strangers, right?
0: Yep. And
1: look what you and I have done as a common cause is just two citizens wanting to do the right thing, right? And what we need to call on is other people like you and me to join what we're doing. Government gets its power of change comes from the bottom up. And we need more people to get behind us, especially what we're talking about is some form of the Section 230 reform, which is what we both call Allison.
0: Yeah, well, it's all grassroots. We'll still keep plugging. Hey, man, thanks so much for joining me today. It's been great. I'll see you soon.
1: And for thanks, Andy.
0: Take care. Well, that's the story. A special acknowledgement to Marianne Kennedy, Pat Bunch, and Pam Rose for allowing me to use their music from Safe in the Arms of Love, a song Allison loved. If you liked what you heard, please share my podcast with your friends. And while you're at it, why not subscribe? And I'd sure appreciate a great rating in Apple Podcasts, too. I'm Andy Parker, and I'll be here next week with another episode of The Cultural Scavenger. Thanks for listening.